Today I welcome Marc Lou uh, on the show. So first, thank you, thanks to have accepted my invitation. My pleasure, Martin. So Marc, uh, if you should resume your path in three minutes, how you will do that? So when I was a kid, uh, I was uh, doing a lot of fooleries. Teacher, teachers hated me. Um, and when I was at home, I was uh, building Legos in my bedroom. Or if I was outside, I would build dams in a river or huts in the forest. Then uh, university, I went to an engineer university. I was supposed to learn how to code, but I didn't. I learned how to drink instead. Almost got fired, but finally made it through. Um, when I got my degree, um, I had no idea what to do. I didn't want to follow the engineer uh, path. So I tried to build some startups um, the wrong way with absolutely no education and thinking like the only education I had was uh, the movie from Mark Zuckerberg. So I tried to you know, like raise some funds, um, stay in my bedroom for uh, a year, build something that I shouldn't talk about to the world. Uh, <laughs> it definitely didn't work out. Uh, it was a complete failure. I moved to Korea, uh, raised some money with a friend of mine. We tried to create another company, a very ambitious company. It didn't work out at all. Um, I tried a few other different things, but nothing really worked until COVID hit. Um, I started to have some kind of depression, didn't feel good at all. So I found a job. I worked for Ty Lopez, an American entrepreneur for six months. Uh, I got fired. <laughs> but the good part of that is that I get back to the entrepreneurship journey with a very different approach. Um, I started building in public. I started indie hacking, sharing all the failures on Twitters and, um, and build way more startup with way less ambition. Um, and it, it's not working super well, but it's, uh, I feel much better. I make some money and, uh, and I'm much happier than I used to be. And here we are today. <laughs> okay, great. Thanks for this uh, sharing. That's, uh, I have so many things I want you to ask. <laughs> um, the first thing you share about was like your uh, kind of foolish kid. I think that's, uh, something like a common pattern of a lot of entrepreneurs. They were not very good at school. I didn't find one who tell me like I was the best at school. Most of them were like uh, not doing great and just having fun. Do you think they are like, um, that's teach us something or, or we are like born like that and then school doesn't make sense for us? I think it's a common pattern. And I also think anyone can become an entrepreneur. Um, yeah, exactly. I saw him in Dubai, uh, like a week ago in the airport, it was really fun. I, I texted him uh, yesterday uh, to say, hey, you have quit everything to become solo makers. Let's do this podcast. Because in my French podcast, he was supposed to come. Uh, I have 14 vi video of him and never finished the podcast because we had the electricity shut down. And then he was so busy. And then he got the, the family issue. Uh, so, yeah, maybe we will do so it fun. in solos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. 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 It's so funny. It's a really good. I mean, basically, it was. The whole startup education for me was Usama Amar. Me too. Yeah, he's such, a, to such a good guy. On him. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, going back to your question, I think anyone can become an entrepreneur. I think it seems like it's a common pattern for people to do followers at school because probably because those people try to get attention another way than just having good grades. And it translates to being an entrepreneur as an adult. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I, I think the, there's something into that. But... What I don't understand is why the the system doesn't value us. Like when we are child, mainly I was thinking I will lose my life. And then 
when you look backward and you look the people who are good in school, for my side and few people I've talked with, the people who are the best good in school didn't make uh, very something great for themselves. Like uh, most of them I have been with are I've been a bit lost because they were so good at school, then they didn't know what to find to do. Or, or, you know, they have a lot of choice, so when you have a lot of choice, then uh, there are no choice, <laughs> no good one. I don't know if you have this um, this feedback on your side. Yeah, yeah, it's, the, it's exactly the same thing for me, yeah. I think being good at school when you're a kid, it means when you're re like a little kid, you're looking for parents' attention. And I think being good at school is one way to get it. And so in some way, it's taming you to do things because people want you to do it. Because every parent oh. wants their kids to study well. Yeah. And uh, and when you become an adult, life is so much different than that. So you're not prepared for what's next. And, okay. um, you know, some, you know, could do well, but also you can also feel like um, shaken and you don't know what to do because you don't have, you're not supposed to please your parents anymore. So that's, yeah. Uh, so yeah. who I am supposed to please? And then they try to please society. <laughs> Something yeah. like that, where, where when you have been a troubled kid, then uh, you already know you don't care about pleasing anyone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I am makes sense. I love this explanation. <laughs> um, there are also other things I have seen, like a com as common pattern of entrepreneurs with my 95, uh, 100 podcasts, maybe now. Um, what you said about the Lego, like. Uh, touch my interest because um, many entrepreneurs have done some building things so it could be building a tiny business where your, your kids are working in association or you know being the school association or also building lego for me the first entrepreneurship uh, things i did for example it was selling mp3 uh, you know the, the uh, mp3 key usb key where you can listen music um, mm -hmm. so I found a way to buy them in Cdiscount, uh, uh, French uh, uh, Amazon, <laughs> before Amazon. And I was putting music on them. Like, uh, I think the maximum you could put it was 20 music, something like that. It was 128 MB. Yeah. Um, and I was selling them like double price because they were, they are, they had music inside. And it, for me, like this experience was like when I was a child, the experience was very like, not good because uh, I got caught caught by uh, by the school something so <laughs> you know everything ended up bad they were saying like I'm I'm uh, doing a illegal business or whatever <laughs> which was true but it took me years to understand it was my first entrepreneur's journey and that teach me a lot doing that so do you have something in, in maybe related to building Lego uh, or even something different uh, in your childhood? about entrepreneurship it's funny you say that because uh yeah it's it's really that the entrepreneur spirit like go you know like uh reach your goal and don't care much about what are the rules you just go the way you yeah. want to go uh for me I was, i've always been a really lonely kid uh i was really alone in my bedroom and i could stay for hours in there and and if i was going out i would just do the same but uh, you know in the forest and, uh, <laughs> yeah that's, that's the I, I think I found my happiness in creating things, whether it's yeah. digital because it has an impact. I can make money from apps, whether I cannot really make money with dams. But um, just the process of creation, I think, is fulfilling a genuine human need. 
and uh, if you can make money of it, it's uh, it's I mean it's it's the dream, I think. Ah, okay. So you mean like from uh, like uh, filling your needs, then you discover like you can also fill your wallet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> ah, makes it's sense. Good, yeah, it's a good way to call it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool because usually people think like, uh, or you can live your dream, or you can get money. While many people don't uh, allow themselves to think by building your dream life or what you like to do, you can have money. Yeah, I think, I think if you imagine like a successful entrepreneur, they would choose the first version dimension, which means like they want to make money and they try to find a need somewhere, a problem somewhere that they will fix and they will um, charge for it. Yeah, I think for me. That's probably why I'm alone and I don't want to, you know, have a co-founder or anything is inside the first motivation is to create something that I'm happy with. And if it helps someone else, it's better because eventually I can make money from it. But I feel closer to a painter than an entrepreneur. Does that make oh, sense? Oh, make me feel to Paul Graham uh, book, right? Uh, Hackers and uh, Painters. Oh, I should read that. Hackers and Painters. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay, I'll check it out. I, I'm not sure it's a book. Maybe it's a blog post. Oh, oh one no, essay. It's a book. Yeah, it's a okay. book. And uh, he, he made a bit the link between like uh, artists uh, in uh, middle age or earlier, and now people doing like uh, India King or stuff like that. It's, I think it's 12 years ago a book, something like that. Which is very interesting. But uh -huh. if you have a look at Usama Amar video, you should know this book because it's like his bible. It it tell uh, that lot. Uh, uh, maybe the f French name is different. I don't know, but whatever. Uh, have a have a look at it. I think I never yeah. read it. I read some uh, resume, but never the book. Okay, I, yeah, I'll definitely like check it. it out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, do you read book or do you do resume? Um, when I was in school and I had to uh, tell tell about the wood, I I used to read resume, and now <laughs> I take I, I have a Kindle and I read the whole book slowly. Okay, that's cool. Um, because you have a nice app to to build habits on the reading books, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nice plug. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Habit Garden, I'm going to put in the description. Yeah, but uh, you're going to take uh, talk about la that later, I think. Um what one of the things you you said uh, I'm also interesting in it's like you said you you didn't have any idea of what to do when you were learning drinking instead of coding. What uh, why like usual people in university think like they want to be in a big corporate or something like that. So it seems this idea didn't resonate to you, right? Yeah, hundred percent no. So why why it was not uh, it was a big no. I think now that I look backward, I think the answer is freedom. I think I was when you work for someone, obviously you have to stick to a schedule. You have some meetings. You have to obey a certain rules. I th mm -hmm. think um, I, back then it didn't seem obvious, but I think it's just I rejected all this kind of thing that would force me to wake up in the morning to work for someone, just yeah. for the sake of uh, keeping hundred percent freedom. And that's probably why. Also gave up on the ambitious entrepreneur journey where you raise some phones, you might you have some same. <laughs> <laughs> But for investors, <laughs> yeah, 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 makes sense. 
makes sense. And uh, at the time, what was your reason? Like how you decide like you didn't want this path? Do you remember? You didn't knew much? I, I think I had no idea I wanted to become an entrepreneur. I just know I didn't want to be that. Yeah. And that back then, with the, the mind I had back then, it translated into me playing video games like World of Warcraft 12 hours a day, um, not going to any uh, classes at university and studying at the last minute to pass the exam. Um, yeah, this kind of thing back then. And then I realized, okay, well, I, I got to do something for my time and, you know, I'm not going to always get money from parents for, to, get, to pay for my food. And, and then comes the entrepreneurship uh, spirit. Yeah. Okay. So you, you start your fir first project, it was in Korea or, or before Korea? It was before Korea. Um, so, I mean, the last six months of university, you're supposed to do an internship in a company. And that's usually, for most people, the company that hires you for your first job. Yeah. Um, I chose to do that internship uh, in my own company. So the idea was to create a Tinder for sports where you could, f you could match... Uh, people who have a similar sport interest, if you're looking for a tennis partner oh. or whatever, a soccer team or something like this. Okay. And so I created a company in France and I did my internship inside the company for six months. And then that's the project I keep working on after university. Okay. And that was the first, uh, the first, I would say the first uh, venture as an entrepreneur. <laughs> Solo venture, right place. Um, yeah. What what was the the conclusion of that? How long did you work on it? It's a it's a terrible project, but I think it's very valuable. Uh, I spent one year on it, and just so you know, now with I feel like with Twitter, YouTube, we have some education. Back then, I was just a student, and I hadn't I, I didn't use YouTube to learn. I was not yeah. following any famous entrepreneur, and the only person I had in mind was Mark Zuckerberg. And so. I decided to first create a company for just something that would be an app. And so <laughs> going into legal and stuff, I hired a designer to make a logo. I did some business card just in case I meet someone in the street that would be interested in uh, all the, all the, the meme of, uh, all, all of them. Yeah. Dagobert. Dagobert. Yes. I have to have it in the podcast also. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's awesome. He's super yeah. awesome. I did all the things that he talks about. And uh, I even I'm, I'm, I make people sign up NDAs in order to talk about my idea because I thought my idea was like the next big thing. Oh, and yeah. so I wouldn't talk about it to everyone. Idea. Yeah. It, this exactly, exactly this. I even had a fight with a friend who wanted to work on the project with me because he didn't want to do this like uh, legal shit. And uh, for me, it was like, no, it has to be, man. You know, it's the next unicorn and blah, blah. So like really going way too much on, on something. Yeah. And then the overall project took a year. I, I learned, I like, I try to make an app without knowing how to code. So imagine you don't know the basic of a language, like you don't know JavaScript and you're starting to learn Ionic. That's exactly what I was trying to do. So I was copy pasting pieces of codes that I found online without knowing, doing anything about coding. And I had an app that you couldn't, you couldn't do anything with it. You couldn't even like click on tabs because it was so buggy. It was like a <laughs> insane. And then yeah, after a year, I just, uh, Someone told me, how are you going to make money with this? Like, just feel, you know, this simple, like, uh, you have problem, solution, typical customer, like this framework. Feel that and, and tell me how you're going to make money with this. And at that day, I had like a, like, shit, I oh, have oh. no idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I felt so hurt. My ego, like, was destroyed suddenly. And I, I gave up completely one year of my life just that day. Wow. Okay. 
That's imp yeah. I I recognize myself so much in this, uh, and many people will listen that will probably too. That's horrible, terrible feeling. If you're doing it right now, stop. <laughs> I, I, that's the problem. I think sometimes the lesson has to be learned. And every like for me, I remember now looking backward. Everyone told me I was doing it wrongly, but I didn't listen. I was like, no, I I know better. You know, like your ego is like skyrocketing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and at the end, you're like, mm, maybe they were right. <laughs> But I think, you, as you said, you also need some of your ego to make you keep going forward. Because otherwise, if you start to listen to everyone, you go in whatever direction. And I don't know if you really go somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, totally. I, I have other friends who do like that. Like every week they see a news or something and they have the, you know, the diamond. Uh, uh, Shiny diamond. Yeah, shiny diamond problem, and then they switch, 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 switch context, and never double down. Where you know it's like uh, the the famous image where the guy is like uh, digging into yeah. the, and he's like uh, just stopping in front of the diamond because he don't go enough far. And that's also, I think, this is the two main problems of entrepreneur. Or they they like go too far, too too much in a direction like making no sense without listening, and other side. They're just like listen too much to anything, and they just keep switching, 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 and never um, get the interest of the amount of time and money they put in themselves. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. yeah. And I, I was thinking about something else on this subject. Ah, yeah. I just just a question. You did it in Ionic app, or it was something different? The tech at the time. It was Ionic and Cordova. Oh. So you know this tech since long. <laughs> But man, it's fun because we, so we jumped again on this together recently and yeah. I, I discovered the doc completely. Like, uh, it, It's hard to explain how much I did not understand back then. It, it's really like I didn't know what was a tag, HTML tags. Yeah. I didn't know what was a domain name. I had no idea what was a DNS. I have no idea what happened when you go to google.com back then. So Yeah, the process on the URL and everything, yeah. Makes the, sense. the core, the foundations are were not here. I was really copy pasting pieces of, of code as it was terrible. So I didn't learn in terms of tech things. I had to relearn everything after that because I have, I didn't learn anything in a year. Yeah. Okay. But the school was not teaching at all coding or because you were partying a lot. <laughs> I, I was a terrible student. I got fired and then they got me back in the school because I managed to pass some other classes. Okay. Uh, And, and during those three years, I, I was in a, in a class where I was with people who were, they were like, I didn't know nothing about code. We were supposed to learn all together. And that some guys, I mean, most of the classroom seems like they already know how to code. They were here because they love coding. And me, I was just here, you know, like, because I had to. And so they created okay. like some kind of like a disconnection between them and I. And I ended up being alone for three years where I understand nothing about the class. And, and they were here, you know, doing like programming some stuff on their computers, like in, like completely in love with it. And I felt so distant that I, I don't even know how I managed to graduate, honestly. So <laughs> it's a, it's plus five. It's a master degree. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I got a, a bit the same story. Like I did the uh, Epitech, which is a private school in France uh, for tech. The good side is you do coding, only coding mainly. You do a bit of English and a bit of uh, mathematics, but most of the time you code. Uh, but it was very hard for me to manage to pass it because we start entrepreneurship. Uh, 
a journey while we're doing the school and then we were like the school is shit is useless which wasn't but i think you know like uh it's a bit against the system i think it's something uh being french we do <laughs> uh, so i was thinking the school was like useless at all uh, totally useless and and then i i you know i i, I was missing uh, credits you have to have a 40 yeah. credit i think every year something like that so i was missing credit all the time and finding solution to got them like the the last year for example i was working full time for a company as a freelancer and uh, i was missing like i don't know 20 credits something like that and um, i i was like i cannot do that and uh, the only solution they offered me was to come in like for days in school to listen to shit uh, while <laughs> things i don't want to i don't want to listen and and then I found you know searching into the class stuff what I can do asking people from the school and they said oh you can also do an Android app project and I was like mm. so I went to Code Canyon I don't know if you know Code Canyon it's a platform where you can buy code uh, uh, like pre-made project WordPress uh, anything and I search for apps on that Android apps and I find a lot of templates are like a weather app. And I was like, hmm, weather, weather look cool because it's not so complex, but in the same time, there are some things uh, interesting. So I, I come back with the idea to the school, like, hey, can I do a weather app uh, with this and this feature? I was just listing what I saw, what I saw in Code Canyon. And they said, oh yeah, amazing. If you do that, you have uh, six credits. Oh, I was like, okay, perfect. <laughs> so I went back to Code Canyon. I paid $25, I think, for the template and then I spend I don't know a day something reading the code not understanding anything but my goal was like I, I need to be able to explain the process of how it works so I was trying to understand oh, this is going to this function this function this function stuff like that and when something from Android I was not understanding I just put something uh, there are also some requirement about storage storing data settings from the users so I just trick the like, I find the, the code somewhere to do like a, put a random setting useless in the app just to have it. Uh, and it was barely working, I think. And then I present that and they give me, they give me six credit and I was like, oh, I passed the year. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> you. Man, yeah. it's, a, it's a really nice story. That's a really, because uh, it's a mix of entrepreneurship, of do your own shit. Like you, you, you have, you know, you're, stay yourself accountable. Like no one is going to yeah. tell you what to do. You do yourself. And, uh, and and also so you have to learn how to code but not too much as well it's a good story yeah and i i think that teach me a bit like when you're doing things for yourself the important is the process when yeah. you are targeting others the important is the result like for yeah. them they were needing the results and and for me i was needing a good process uh, like uh, for my things so now when I do project and I try to sell it, I try to think the result for them and try to understand the process I can do to have uh, enjoyment during the process because the result for me doesn't give me much enjoyment, I think. Yeah, it's a, yeah I like how you say it. Yeah, yeah. I like how you say it, yeah. So uh, other things, I think uh, we, you talk about Korea, but uh, did you made, make... <laughs> meet your wife in Korea or you met before? We met in Korea. I moved okay. there uh, for business oh. purposes. What was the, the purpose? If you can share. Yeah, sure. So after that first company, I felt um, 
a friend of mine who was doing an internship in Korea told me that he might find some money from Korean American investors in Korea that would be okay. willing to invest into some company. So we decided to work together on that. We raised a hundred thousand dollars and we pitched a startup where we would predict uh, the price of flight tickets in the next couple of days to tell you and customer when is the best time to buy your ticket. Uh, so using machine learning algorithm, we, we hope we would be able to tell you like uh, tomorrow is going to be cheaper, wait until you buy, or tomorrow is going to be more expensive, buy now. Okay. Uh, moved, I, moved, so I moved to Korea. Um, we started to work together in Google campus. And uh, and and then it was we hired some people. So we were a team of five people. So um, mostly uh, machine learning and engineers to help us with the algorithm. I was doing an app on the source. Uh, same, I didn't learn anything, but at least I was doing enough. Um, and the data for the airline industry is extremely expensive. So we started to play with similar type of data. We played with um, uh, gasoline data from the in the gas station, okay. so where you have a price at a time. And we tried to make some kind of algorithm that would predict how how you know how when is it's going to be more or less expensive. And um, we did that for maybe eight or nine months. Until uh, we realized no, none of us is a CEO and none of us know where we are going. <laughs> We're both, both techos just, you know, looking to make some fancy stuff, building some apps. So at some point we decided to split. Okay. At least you, you, le you learn faster this time. Only nine months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so that's during these nine months you met your wife? Uh, yes, exactly. After six months we met. And, um, and slowly I did the transition from living, living the startup and starting a new life with my wife. Okay. So after the startup, you have, you, you stayed in Korea? Yep. For another six months. And, what um, it was the, 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 I would say the small beginning of, it was the beginning of me being a solopreneur. Okay. Um, in the better way than at the beginning, like no investment, no co-founder, no, yeah. uh, nothing big, no much ambition, just trying to make money online by making apps. I did it the wrong way, but it was the beginning of the journey. So I made a, oh, I made a lot of stuff uh, getting started. I tried to solve some couple gloves with my wife. So it's a glove where you can put your hand with your partner inside and yeah. you can hold your hands inside one glove. So you can walk in the street holding your hands together. That's, that's cool. cool. Um, it was a, as a same, like an, another failure, but uh, it was really fun. We, we ended up selling the gloves in the streets by minus 20 degree. And, um, and we get some purchase and it was actually, I think it was the first dollars I made from a business. Oh, um, I was 23, I think around that time. Okay. Uh, and then I did a lot of mini apps. Uh, I tried to do like a scheduling, uh, coach, a scheduling tool on Facebook messenger for coaches. So if you want to, you have a yoga teacher that used the app and you want to book her and then you would chat with, uh, with her on, on messenger and it would be like a, a Facebook bot that would automatically yeah. answer and fill her calendar. Um, and then I started to make, um, virally bot, which is the first startup I made, the online startup that I made that made money. Okay. And the journey goes on. Okay. Can you, do you want to explain what, uh, virality? The, yeah, I don't know how to say that. <laughs> it's another mistake of mine. I made a, I created a startup that has a name that is impossible to pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> Virality bot. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. 
So, <laughs> so what, the, the idea was to help. I have no idea why I wanted to do that, but to help escape room businesses. I have nothing to do with escape room businesses, but I wanted to help <laughs> escape room businesses to That's make more money. Start all the time. Oh. Yeah. By making, a, I think I was just interested by the tech. I wanted to build a messenger bot for them that would let their customer, the potential customers plays, play on messenger with the bots. And if they finish the game, they will get a discount coupon for the escape room. So it's kind of like mm. a marketing tool for them. Uh, and I did a very different approach this time. Instead of going all in the product, I sold it online. I called an escape room. Uh, I cold-called email escape rooms, and then I managed to get one on the phone. And I sold them the project. I sold them the ID. And back then, I think I sold them for $300 one, one-time fee plus $99 a month as a retainer. Wow. So it's, it's a pretty high ticket or medium ticket, I'd say, uh, product. And that person said yes. Uh, I was at the time I was completely broke. Like I, I think I was living off like six hundred dollars a month. Um, oh. And that, that girl said yes. So I got my first customer, and then started like a maybe two year journey on that product. And that's still a product you have, right? Yeah, yeah. Funny enough, it's still it's been five years, and it's still making money. Uh, it got hit by COVID. But yeah, I can imagine. There's still some pain. Yeah, escape room business is closed, so the like uh, I lost <laughs> yeah. like eighty percent of my monthly recurring revenue. But I still make about a thousand dollars a month with it, so it's paying some of my, my bills today. Yeah, that's great. That's great. You, you told me that uh, you have a contact for someone who wants to buy uh, one of your business earlier. It's uh, it's that one. Uh, no, <laughs> it's a. Uh... <laughs> So that business created a frustration in me because I had to set up the messenger bot for them. Yeah. I had to do some manual work and I was like, I'm never going to be able to focus on marketing if every time I get a customer, they churn after two months and, and I have to spend some time doing the things for them. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was like, how can I bring And the product was working well. It cut people who would actually use the product would get good results, but the problem is to get them to use them use the product and so from those frustration i was like what kind of similar business can i make that remove all those frustration and so i built something else called game widget that instead of requiring people to use the product it will be directly on your website and it would it would be like a little plugin like a chat plugin instead that when you click on it you play a game directly within the website and so you would have like a you would open an iframe like a little pop-up and you would have game graphics and you would play a mini escape game within the website. And then if you finish the game, if you manage to escape, you get a discount coupon for the business that you can directly redeem within the website. Mm, makes sense. I think it's also good for SEO purpose because then people come to your website and stay long. You don't have a bounce then. Yeah, yeah 100%. And the numbers are pretty good. Uh, about 10% of people would use the game. Yeah. would actually click on it and play it. And about 10% of them who play who click this, the, that, that widget would purchase from the business. And um, it was in, in total, in the whole funnel, that would be like a 0.6% increase in conversion for escape room businesses. And when a typical website converts 2 to 3%, you go to an extra 0.6. Yeah. That, that's, that's a decent number. And, uh, yeah, definitely. It was very <laughs> interesting idea. So that's the one you're gonna pr- maybe sell, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm um, I'm uh, under uh, a pr- the selling process right now. Yeah. Uh, just because it's, I realize 
So that was the product is amazing. I love it. But the thing is, I did, don't have a fit for the product. Like I don't feel connected to businesses. Yeah, I don't. Makes sense. Yeah. So I'm selling it just because I think it has it deserves a second life. And uh, yeah. And why you didn't transfer the users from the first one to this one? Like, uh, did you try or? I tried a little bit, but uh, at the end of the day, the users from the first one who stayed were the one that were using the game and they were getting good results. So I offered some of them the, the game widget and some of them yeah. are actually, I actually have customers paying for game widget and customers paying for virally bot. Um, but it's, it's also, I think, The, the escape rooms market is fairly small. There may let me three or four thousand escape room, English speaking escape rooms in the world. And, um, oh. which is, it's fairly small. And I wanted yeah. to, I, I feel stuck with it. I feel like if you want to be in the market, you need to, you know, know all of them. You need to be very, uh, you need to be good friend with them. It's like, whereas now I'm doing some kind of like, um, pro productivity things for people. You know, if yeah. there are people who don't like the product there, then I can still go here. Um, with escape rooms, I have feel like I was a bit stuck inside, so I wanted to just move on from that market. Yeah, and you have also, if the market is very, very tiny, maybe you have also the problem, like, your game uh, things increase the conversion because it's new and fun. But if, we, if yeah. every uh, escape game has it, maybe it will less convert. Because people will be like, oh, again. Yeah. 100%, yeah, that's one of the recurring questions from them is like, uh, but what if, you know, I have a competitor that has this in my own city? Yeah. And, uh, well, you can make some like, oh, you're going to be the only one, the exclusivity for your city, but it's just, it was pay, not really. Pay fun. double and you have exclusivity. <laughs> yeah, that's smart. I didn't have that, uh, that entrepreneurship spirit. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it took time for understanding pricing and I'm still struggling with that. Like, yeah. I, I think compared to French people, I've, good learnings because in French we are very, very bad with uh, pricing, but still yeah. I'm, I'm amazed by how American can do things like way easier. Like, uh, I think we had this conversation about pricing of cap time where, uh, before the price was, uh, one euro 99 cents, uh, lifetime. And then, uh, someone told me, uh, switch it to subscription 30 euro a year. And when I listened to that, I was like, Uh, like it was killing. It, it was like I, yeah. I'm dying just thinking about the idea by changing the price of people and everything. And it took me, I don't know, six months, eight, six months to change my mind about that and uh, eight months in total to put this price. And when I did that, only on 1,000 customers, something, only less than 10 uh, complain about that. The change pricing. Most of them have in understanding, uh, understood like they paid two uh, dollars two years ago, and now yeah. the price is different because the app keep evolving, and and it was okay. And when I I spoke, I did that with French people. They told me like you change the price for old customers, and I was like yes to everyone, and they were like I couldn't do that, and I was yeah. like yeah, but I'm sitting on a pile of money, and then users will complain and still do support things for not paying me. So for me, it was making no sense, but it took, took times. And even when I did it, I wasn't sure. Every day I was like, <laughs> do I will get bad comment, bad comment, bad comment. And after yeah. weeks, uh, it was better. I saw it was not so bad. Yeah, I think it's, I, I don't know if it's something very French or if it's non-American, but there is this misconception that, you know, raising your price is bad. Like you're trying to fight against people or something. 
Yeah. But I, I think it's a, I think it's a mistake to think this way. And, uh, and I'm sure the, the, now that you increase the price, the fact that you make more money, you have more time for you to ship more features for that app. Whereas if you still charge a dollar a month, you will need so much users in order to make a living. And so you would work only 20% of your time on that product. Whereas now you can work maybe 50% of the time. Yeah. And also the pricing is you're targeting a different audience. Now you said you're, I think, I remember you said you're targeting like more expert CrossFit people. And so it puts you in that category. Whereas if you're, if you're the free. introduction, yeah, the free or the very cheap, um, CrossFit timer, you're targeting people who are getting started. So the features will be different. So at least now when you pay $30 a year, you expect the, the timer to do this, this, this and that because, you know, that's a high ticket, um, timer. So I think. Yeah, I like what you just said about the pricing. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for the iTicket, I discovered that over time uh, with the feedback of users and how, like, I got people like complaining about uh, because the app doesn't have a tutorial or onboarding. It's like you just use it, and if you don't know how to use a CrossFit timer in the CrossFit box, uh, you don't know how to use my app, basically. <laughs> so, so I I got. Um, at the beginning, uh, many people complaining about the UX, and then naturally, people knowing CrossFit good, like for a very CrossFit addict, for them it's super logic the app because I built mm. it with a guy who was CrossFit addict, so uh, the the designer wa was in that way, so he built it in that way, and then that make the app very valuable for people doing CrossFit, like uh, are being addict to CrossFit and make even. Uh, Something like a, a differentiator uh, to normal people and CrossFit addict people because they they have the app no one understands because they are they are good CrossFit people so they understand it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, a very interesting point. I will never think about that before. Uh, that's happening a bit randomly. The the whole story of this app is a bit random. I didn't expect to put price and then the, I put the price because of COVID uh, random uh, download number uh, increase. And so I think that that's one of the things who helped me the most because many things I have heard in conference or talking with other entrepreneurs or readings about that make it real because I had the experience, you see. While when yeah. you heard things, you're like, yeah, but it's different because they are from US or they are from Paris or whatever. You find excuse or you yeah. are different market. <laughs> you know that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you realize so many things are possible. And the only way is to try. When you try, you find possibility. Yeah. And yeah. very weird one sometimes. Yeah, you don't know where you're going, but as long as you're going somewhere, you'll find your way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's very like by luck. For example, uh, Capgo, at the beginning, I just put the price uh, the, for 14 euro, 39 euro, and 99 euro. And even 99 euro, I was like, no one will take this price. And uh, so I didn't build something very for that um, price. And then I got some, um, I was like, if you need more, uh, I put a button. If you need more, click here. And then it was opening a crisp chat box. And I got some people talking, hey, we have like 20 million users by month. What's your price? Mm -hmm. And I was like, uh, what? <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? So I had to think about a bigger price. But for me, it was like, uh, I don't know. I, I You know, my app cap time is 2,000 user uh, active a month. For me, like 20,000 was something already good. That was my biggest price. While... 
people need million of users a month. And I was like, okay, unexpected. Yeah, there's so many un unexpected things here. On a similar story, I recently removed a free plan of my startup. Yeah. And then the conversion rate is better. And I think <laughs> it's because maybe probably people value things that are paid more than things that are free and not just another free app. Yeah. And even I added a subscription button. Yeah, like it says you have seven days left of free trial. And then I added a subscription button during the free trial. So you can pay even though you're still on free trial, which doesn't make rationally, it doesn't make much sense because you, yeah. you, you have the app for free for seven days. You just try it. And yet some people pay do, during do the free trial. A, do you make a special offer for if you subscribe no. earlier? No. <laughs> have you tried? Just, you should try. Maybe uh, you're going to have an even better conversion rate. I thought of it. I just, maybe some, you know, some people, who uh, could share what they think. I think in terms of psychology, if it's good at the beginning, but then if people wait for the seven days, they might, um, after, you know, after the trial end, if they don't log in for a day and the trial just ends, the fact that it says, oh, now that your trial is over, you're going to have to pay more than what you, you would have if you paid yesterday. In terms of psychology, I don't know if that would really work out. Yeah, of course. You, you, don't, you if you say you're gonna have to pay more, uh, that's bad. But it's just a question of wording. Like everything we do as marketing, I've learned that in school. You don't like uh, you did a shitty project, but if you market well, you have the grade. While other people like, were saying like, oh, it's bad for the user, something. It's just like a mindset. For example, in Cap Time, when you just download the app before trying the app, anything, it says now if you pay, you have fifty percent discount. If you close okay. this, this and you try the app, you're going to pay the normal price. What do you do? That's exactly what you talk about. It's like you have to try things and you don't expect anything and maybe it will work out. I think, I think you're, you're hundred percent right. I think I should try this. Yeah. I will try. I will try. It's always surprising. Pricing psychology is like way, like for, for most part of your life, you have been a buyer. You didn't have been a seller. So yeah. we don't, we, we just have been exposed on the other side. And that's make our way of thinking wrong, uh, because you don't, you, you just see the result, you know, you don't see the process of how yeah. they sell. So then you have to build everything and try, try a lot to see like, fuck, things work better than expected because most of the time you look about your own experience. So you say, Oh yeah, if I see that, I will not do it, but you are not your client. And sometimes people have different psychology. And, and, and that's very crazy, like how you can have like double your conversion by just putting away the people look like you, uh, will not pay, for example, after the seven day because it's more expensive, but you are going to attract everyone was uh, like an early adopter and will, uh, willing to pay because they know or they have already seen your product somewhere. And that's very like mind blowing for me, this kind of information, like you are not your client. It's... You have, yeah, you can say it how many times you want. So it's never like uh, through one hundred percent for ourselves. Like uh, keep learning about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're totally right. Yeah, I just added a little reminder. On my yeah, I saw you voting. Yeah, <laughs> I got I, I, now. Yeah, you, the way you say it convinced me. I, it has to be in the app. I think I'm gonna discount the annual plan if people purchase during the free trial. So yeah, really smart. I love it. 
I, I'm not uh, like uh, I, I'm not a genius, and someone told me that, and I was like you, like no, it's bad. And then I was like, ah, oh, fuck, I will try even. And then I yeah, tried, yeah. and it works. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I was it's like, so shit, yeah. life is made yeah. of experiments. Yeah, and and most of the time you're fighting with yourself. You know, like you thinking it will not work. Yeah. And because of yeah. that, you prevent yourself to do many things, like. For example, I don't do ads in any of my businesses because I don't like ads. That's prevent me to have money. Like even in podcast, I never did. You know, I had one hundred thousand listener, so uh, listen in total. So I could have put ads and get a bit of money, but uh-huh. I was not liking ads, so I didn't attract ads to me. And the only attract one was very bad one. Like it was like a one thousand listener, thirty euro. I was like, yeah, no, <laughs> bye. Yeah. yeah. It's fun. Uh, yeah. Alan, you, say, you just said, um, you're, most of the time you're fighting against yourself. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a nice yeah, you, you, you don't have enemies in exterior. The only one is interior enemy. Mm-hmm. Because limitative beliefs and stuff like that. Yeah. Talking about that, I have someone at home helping me a lot with limiting beliefs. <laughs> like, ah, yes, my uh, yeah, every day we're talking about that. I'm like learning so much. So if people could have uh, what I have at home, it's amazing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, it's, it's you know, uh, you remember when we were talking about Capacitor, I told you about uh, I've been coached by someone and that's, that's make me, give me the understanding like I want to do business alone. Before that, I was not learn, uh, understanding that and by being coaches, by someone I, I had in the podcast because I wanted to show how coaching is, it changed my life. So I really yeah. believe like we need someone to talk about or believe because otherwise we don't see this limit us. Yeah, 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 yeah totally, yeah. I think it's not natural for people to question your beliefs and the coach helps you go beyond that. Yeah, I think the, the worst is not even it's not natural because sometimes do that people do that but the problem is you know the platoon ca- uh, cavern the the image we learn in uh, in high school uh so it's guys sitting in the in cavern i don't know if cavern is in english or it's a different cave. name cave in a cave yeah so it's uh, people living in a cave and and just can see front of them a wall and on the wall they see shadows of people walking behind them uh-huh. and and this is their reality uh, so it's a, a thinking um, exercise. So imagine if one of the, uh, the people are attached, so they cannot move in the cave. So they just can see front. They don't see other people near to them. So imagine okay. you remove the chain of someone, and then you can walk in the room and see what is seeing the shadows is not real. It's just the shadow of people passing behind him. Uh-huh. That's make it impossible to imagine for the people still sitting. If you try to talk with them and say, this is not reality, no one will trust you. Because, like, reality, it's something we take, it's acquired. So, you, it's, it's super hard to move the line of your own reality. So, you need talk, and you need talk many times about your own reality to see perspective, to see, like, there are other things. And yeah. alone, for me, it's an impossible job. It will take so many times, or it will be so painful. Yeah, 100%, yeah. I say, yeah, I like that that metaphor. Am I yeah. really is it? 
I, I like it a lot. I use it like all the time when I talk with people <laughs> about <laughs> beliefs. Um, hey, we did a uh, 50 minutes already. So I, I'm still, I'm, I'm interesting about a few subjects. Uh, so we finish about the Korean, uh, company you, uh, you, the company you did in Korea. I think you share something about, uh, COVID and you got kind of depression. Can you, can you share a bit about that? I, I'm interested, like, because COVID was a, a big game changer for many people. Yeah, it was, uh, it's not directly COVID, but COVID made, made it worse. Um, so what happened? After Korea, I moved to Bali with my wife. She wanted to try something else. We find our home here. We love the nature. We love it. it's very chill. And um, and I started to make more apps on my computer. Um, I was mostly working on GameWidget and Virolibot at this point, uh, making okay. some money. Then COVID hits. Then went to zero monthly recurring revenue. Um, we were in Bali in 2020 oh, during the COVID. How much, how much it was before? Oh, you went to six zero. Six thousand for Virolibot. Okay. Yeah. And um, and then lost everything when COVID happened. Uh, we stayed in Bali for a little while, and then and then we we came back to France um, to get married. So we get married in 2020 during COVID. It was a lovely time, and the thing is, I was I was basically in five ish years into the entrepreneurship journey with zero income, with zero audience. So whenever a business new business I would start. I would start from scratch, like with literally nothing, no idea how to launch, no audience, no viewers. Um, I even, uh, a side, side thing, I did a, a, I, I was trying to sell a formula for men to avoid peeing in your pants. So there is something that fi about 50% of, of, uh, guys like would pee a little bit in their pants after going to the toilet. Yes, I do. <laughs> There you go. I have something for you. It's going to be free. <laughs> There's, cool. It's actually something very physical. It's like a, basically you have your bladder and then you have this little tube that going down then up and then it goes here in your penis. Yeah, that's why. And yeah. the thing is when you shake it here, you can cut this. And it, it's, no, no, <laughs> you it's, can cut it's, this it's if you good. don't want it to be in the podcast. It, it, will, but, uh, be, it, it will be in the podcast, whatever. It, it changed my life, man. You, you, can, you can shake it. It doesn't matter because yeah. what's the You're problem is the... it's still. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so there is a little like strategy. It's going to be hard to shoot right now, but I can show you the PDF where you would push somewhere. <laughs> we are already up drops. naked, dude. <laughs> Let's go. <Yeah. laughs> show to the camera. <laughs> and, and so, so when for you the put people your... missing the context, you have to look the video on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think I'm pretty sure if you search on YouTube, uh, you'll find it out. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I was, and, I was uh, talking about all video, but yeah, you can also find the explanation of Mark. Or maybe the, the business. Do you still uh, sell it somewhere? You should. Man, I, I, I made a PDF. I tried to sell it, but I had no audience. Absolutely, like zero people. So I did some uh, ads on porn on porn websites, Pornhub. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. So there might have been some guys who might... And, and I was the face of the ad. So oh, I put you my do face. that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so you so were on the porn website. my face on the cartoon character that it has... <laughs> Some pee on his panty, and I'm saying, stop peeing on yourself. Download the PDF now. I didn't make a single sale, but it was a fun experience. Genius. And I was at this point of trying a few things, and not, nothing really worked at all. No recurring revenue. Buddy closed the borders, uh, so I was stuck in France at my parents' house. I was like 27 years old with no income, 
my parents gave me some money. They gave me hundred thousand um US dollar, hundred thousand euro as a legacy, early legacy. So you know when they die, oh, yeah, they don't pay tax. From, yeah. And I went all in on Tesla. Like I took the money, sent it to Tesla, and then closed my account. Don't don't look at it. And the thing is, during those time, I was reading a little bit the news, and I heard that the Tesla stock is down, and I lost fifty thousand dollar in like two weeks. Wow. And I, I never had money my whole life. And that was the only money I had and I lost half of it. And it was my parents' gift as a legacy. So I was in my head, it was a bit fucked up. I got COVID and I don't know what happened. I couldn't sleep well. Um, everything felt really wrong. And then one day I really, I burst in tears. Like I was feeling really, really bad. I punched yeah. the walls. I was in a really the wrong state of mind. And the, uh, the wall win like all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got some damage a bit, but uh, I, was, I, I lost. <laughs> There are good music, uh, French uh, rap music, uh, saying about that uh, from Lompal. Oh, okay. I would share the song. After. I would love to listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and yeah, and and I think I think that was probably the lowest point in my life. That's what the depression part I talk about on Twitter. And I got back. I slowly got back on track. Uh, I couldn't, I, I didn't also find myself back then. I didn't know what was my signature. I know I could do something, but I didn't know yeah. what it was. And then slowly I started to work for Ty Lopez, um, um, American marketer. I, that was the first time I got a job. For, so I worked for him for six months and I was... How the, did you, did you got the job? Angelist. I applied for whatever company that would like a broken software engineer. And uh, I passed through the company that... Uh, They had no idea. I had no idea it was for Ty Lopez. Uh, he was an like a, we did the interview, the cutting interview. I don't know how it was simple. So I managed to pass the interview and then okay. they wanted to see me again. And then when I was hired, I realized I was working for Ty Lopez, which I didn't know at the beginning when I applied. Um, and I worked for six months for him. Did you knew the entrepreneurs already or you discover him while you? I knew, I knew him. I knew okay. who he was. So I was a bit stoked to be in this company, then a bit less stoked when I realized what kind of character he is. Um, but anyway, I managed to stay six months in the company. I was making $10,000 a month. So that was the first time I had some money in my life. I was like, you know, like I, I live with uh, about a thousand dollars a month for years. And then suddenly I make 10,000. It was like, what's going on? Uh, but after maybe two or three months, all the good feelings of making some money, of having a job, um, all, all was gone. And I was not finding myself again. But in the meantime, we managed with my wife to go back to Bali, uh, rent the villa for a year. And I was like, I need to find something. I need to do something different. And during those time, I, I think I got less into the job. So I got fired. And after 24 hours, I, I was like, oh, I don't care being fired. And I was just starting Thank to you. be happy. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I couldn't do the decision myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a really good thing. I, I mean, afterward, like looking at it is just a really good thing. You know, that's a, a pattern of people in a relationship. They do that. You know, they couldn't quit the relationship yeah. with someone. So they just make things so worse than the other one will quit any, anyway. Yeah. So m maybe that's kind of a pattern. If you stop to be willing in the job at one point, you expect, you hope the other one would say, hey, bye. And you're like, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I was. Yeah. Probably. And, um, okay. So yeah, that was, that was a good thing after all. Yeah. I, I had a question about that. Did, did you learn something like about entrepreneurship by working with him or don't know? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. Um, I was, so I was amazed that, you know, whatever, 
money or fame you have, you still start from your code editor. So the guy wanted to make a lot of apps and we did what normal people do. We just open the code editor and we build some apps. So it's not like you, there, and you cannot choose to have people use it. So seeing him, he can make wor- more words. He can, you know, get the word out more than indie hackers because he has like a, a, a strong following, a lot of money. But yeah. at the end, you cannot decide that people will use your app. Yeah, and uh, to realize that we're all the time. Exactly. To realize that we're in the same um, level, it feels like if it just feels good. It's like, yeah, we you know, whatever. Like I don't have to raise money or anything. I can't just be me. And at the end, the market will decide whether they want to use the product. So that was the first thing. And the second one is that they, they, I mean, I say they because they, he works with a co-founder and they have a company of like maybe 20 to 30 people who are shipping apps. And they have the mindsets, uh, which I enjoyed, is that they ship, and if it doesn't work, they move on. And so they will build an app in two or three weeks, and then, you know, like Peter Levels would do. And yeah. then if it doesn't work, then just, just move on. They they still are a little bit into design and thing. They have a little bit of ego inside the app, so it has to look good somehow. But still, it was a short amount of time. Like, they never they would never take like six months to, to make an app. Okay. Oh, that's, that's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, so did that give you the taste of uh, doing uh, an app a month uh, like you're doing now and in, as an indie maker? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me the taste of yeah going back doing some apps myself. And I think the most inspiring part of the journey is from Peter Levels. I think yeah. seeing that you, as a single person with a computer anywhere in the world, you can build some stuff and make some money by helping people is just wonderful. I like how he's the the troll of internet. Uh, like you know, like he decided to don't use the developers' tools like GitHub or splitting his code and everything to just like uh, troll people and say you don't need to do this shit to get money and to live from it. It was very uh, fun to see like uh, him trolling the world because I've met so many developers who want to do entrepreneurship and they're like. Oh yeah, I'm going to do a, a Kafka, Docker, um, ML project. It's like all the keywords you can put in possible in yeah. because developers see their value with the technicity. Yeah. And they try to sell this shit where people yeah. don't want something technique. Or maybe you sell to developers. <laughs> but otherwise people expect a simple product will work well on the task you try to sell. And you make good on that. And many developers are like struggling a lot with this this idea and, and feel they're not making something valuable. So if they don't do it, they drop it. Um, lately on Twitter, it was it was some thread about people like never finish the project because the or they make it too complex or it make it they make it simple, but then they lose the interest because it looks simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think at the end, it, it's a matter of where do you want to go. Is it, are you looking to create a business or are you looking to please yourself? By doing something that you think is beautiful, yeah, yeah I, I, that's that's what I was doing uh, when I was uh, doing the podcast in French. I, I did coach a bit of entrepreneurs starting, and that's the one of the first question I was asking. It's like, why you want to do things? You want to enjoy? Uh, you want to make money? What's your objective? Because when you mix both, like enjoy the tech side and also uh, making money, then you make very weird choice who don't work yeah. well for one or the other. Uh, because like for me right now the 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 if you look the business I do they are very simple technically I don't have a lot of fun in the technicity side 
I have sometimes because I choose like in the simple projects on I, I build some technique parts like I told you not so long ago I did the end-to-end inscription for CapGo but it's not the main business and for example no one has used this feature since I released it one one month ago so I did that for myself but no one care while all yeah. the things I did not technical are very used <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is fun it's a really fun thing, yeah. And I think it applies outside of just the the coding things, because we, we're developers, so we understand the thing a lot. But um, when you you could make YouTube videos, you could write a blog. Um, the perfectionism thing, the fact that you want to add a lot of tech, you want to make the thing better, you want to make it perfect. I think it goes with anything that you can create. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. But what what I was think, uh, saying is more about I think in the developer mindset we have something broken prevent us to entrepreneur to do entrepreneurship well because of this you know like uh, idea of uh, more complex but even for normal entrepreneurs I think that's also touching them like many yeah. people want to do Facebook when they start something. Yeah. Uh, I, I was doing a startup studio at one point and I got many call uh, call with uh, sales call about uh, sending my way to build an app in uh, in a month and a half and most of people were like yeah I want to do Facebook I was like yeah what is your core feature and said, no I don't have core feature I have this 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 and this and this like arm long uh, list and I was like yeah but we cannot do that in um in the time frame you want and no one will care about that you have to make one yeah. core feature like shining and then uh, we see uh, what's going on and then you make it evolve and, and most of people are like no sorry i will not work with you then <laughs> yeah they were right <laughs> you, you will not work with the only person who can make your project succeed <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry so yeah that's why i told you i got many sales calls um I, I wanted to do this startup studio because I wanted to help people build better. And then I understand if people don't build better, it's not because they don't know, it's because they don't want to do the right things. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I was like, wow, mind-blowing. And then we came back to the, um, the first uh, sentence, you are your own enemy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you only fight with yourselves. Yeah, yeah, and I was like so painful to see so many good people like losing their money all the time trying to do things with their own belief and then fighting a lot to just make things simple happening that's uh but that's the story of our world yeah but maybe that experience that frustrating experience of like spending a year to try something that doesn't work because you wanted to make it perfect maybe it's also the best teacher so after you learn how to make it faster and how to care only about the core feature yeah yeah definitely definitely i i 100 agree that's uh, the kind of lesson you are you have to learn most of people like need that and you can say whatever to them they will need that anyway yeah it's funny like recently i launched a product for a new year where it shows your new year resolution how much oh, we, we did together a new year project yeah that's true yeah not together, and but uh, each one. At the same time, yeah. yeah. And man, that project, I mean, that's the one of the startups I shipped the fastest. Like it took me literally three days from just an idea on my to-do list to a final product. And I yeah. didn't touch the code at all afterward. And I, it's by far the most successful product I've, I've made in terms of audience and traffic. 
it's like 80,000 visitors in 24 hours and Whoa. I got sales on my startups. It, yeah. And, and that framework of three days forced me to, it forced me to make something very simple to stop overthinking. And I remember back then when I was building it, I look at the product and I'm going to like, Seriously, man, you're not going to ship this, you know, even after 10 start shipping 10 start, I still have my, my ego telling me it's not good enough. Yeah. But it was yeah, really selfish because I'm thinking it's not good enough for me. It doesn't represent me well enough, but for people, it was perfect. Like they loved it. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I, I did try it and it was amazing. I, I did register to Abit, uh, Abit Garden because of this. So Sweet. it works, Sweet. man. It works. <laughs> now I get you. Yeah. I get to have you pay for it. <laughs> yeah. I will do that. I was not, I told you, like, I struggle a lot with habits and I try to build habits because, like, for a long time I was defining myself. N the only habits I have is to break habits. <laughs> so, okay. you, so you, you see, I came, I came from far and yeah. now I'm able to be in, uh, in whip, whip.co. I have, uh, mm -hmm. I think 60 days now of consecutive uh, posting about my project. So I start to have habits, but it's still, it's still hard, um, to, for me. And, and it works like for a project, but it doesn't work personally. Like I want to do more sport. I want to read more and stuff like that. And for that in WIP doesn't help. I don't feel like, um, I don't feel the benefit every day doing it. So I was searching for something like it could help me to feel every day a benefit of what I am doing, you know, because after reading, I've read the resume version or the, no, I've read Atomic Habits. Yeah. I think, yeah. Atomic Habits and Tiny Habits. And the point uh, I saw in that is like, you have to feel the benefit every, every time you do the action. Like you find the fine to hack it, like celebrate yourself, like you did it or something like that to, to keep going. And then you will grow a bit. And I was like, yeah, I want that. And when I check to, all apps I found uh, on app stores because I wanted the app on app stores. <laughs> you see, you see it coming. <laughs> rusty, uh, rusty. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't find something nice. You know, like everything was very not warm. In it's like very like a, a, a to do list, a bit different. You know, you have to do that every day, and it's more like. Um, very in the corporate world. You know, like you have to do that. Yeah. And, and I was like, no, I have left the corporate world. So I don't want this feeling. So at one point I was like, I will do a fucking habit, uh, app myself. Like if no one does that. And then I met <laughs> your, your, I saw your, because I didn't, I saw you on Twitter like a long time ago and I, I didn't check much your product. And then when you launched the big, um, the, the, the things during Christmas, uh, we, we got a very, a uh, lot of people visiting. I went and then I discovered your product and I was like, this is amazing. I'm going, I'm going to grow three just when I do good habits. That's, that's so cool. It's a game. And I can see like you, you did many kind of game stuff in your life because you, the gamification you did is amazing. It's like, yeah, it makes so much sense. Then you feel, you have the feeling like every day you're doing something useful. You're growing three. Maybe one day in the future, you're going to make it grow three in real life. It could be amazing. Yeah, that would be super cool. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to bring some, uh, I'm, I mean, thank you for your kind words. Yeah. I'm going to bring some challenges to the app soon. So, uh, I can challenge you to stick to a workout routine for 30 days. And okay. if you do, then we could win something together. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. I like it. 
I like it definitely. And as I told you, uh, before uh, the price you you putting is like it's not really expensive, and I could like I'm paying for Whip uh, one hundred ninety euro a year uh, for a platform where mainly it's growing my habits on building business. So for my own habits, I will I could pay way more. And if the purpose has a sense, like each time you plant a tree in real life, for example, uh -huh. uh, we build a habit, definitely I could pay 200 euro a year for that. Okay, okay. Just uh, give Inc you some increase our price. Insight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. That when, when they make sense, and it's like so much different. Like, for example, for the French market, many people have like really this... Uh, ecologic mindset or making sense on what mm. you're doing like uh, after covid it switched a lot so there are there are a lot of opportunity like i have a friend making a, a, a tools who i was thinking like it's impossible business but it worked very well the name is shari tips uh, the idea is uh, when it's christmas time or time of birthday instead of buying someone shoe or gift or useless thing you can go to shari tips and uh, buy a 50 euro card and the guy who received the gift will mm. go to the website and can say I give this money to this association because I like it and for me I was like they are like who, who is going to do that and he is very growing fast the business is growing fast now they do deals with even company and company offer that okay. to you uh, as an employee or as a client and that's that's super smart. So there are yeah. a lot of things about uh, about this, like making sense of what people yeah. do. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, well, one hour ten. Uh, we have fifteen minutes uh, left for your call. Yeah, actually thirteen minutes. Thirteen. Okay, perfect, perfect. So we're gonna go on the last question. Uh, I was supposed to be in this podcast. Like, <laughs> How did you grow your audience on Twitter? Like wh how you start that and why you started? So I started because mainly because of Peter Lovells okay. and because I wanted to be able to have some kind of things that is left if my startup fail. So okay. if my startup fail now, it's okay because I still have a little following on Twitter and I can share it and get some uh, traction and feedback. Uh, I started it the wrong way but i think it's it's also part of the the journey i try to play roles i'll try to teach people um that didn't really work out uh so i started to share you know just my story like oh i'm trying this it doesn't work i tried that and it worked um and i started to get some kind of engagement uh, it took yeah. me maybe six or seven months to get a thousand followers and i think that's when the point I found I found my signature, the things that makes uh, me me, <laughs> which is I love shipping apps and I don't overthink. Then um, I started to grow a bigger following and 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 now it's growing much faster than it used to be. Okay. And um and yeah, that's pretty much where I am. I'm about I think my account is about to have ten thousand followers now. Oh so wow! Obviously, it's growing way faster than it used to be, but is it's mostly. I thought at the beginning it was to get some feedback and, you know, like traction, like a, uh, an audience of, you know, like I could market to them. Uh, but this initial belief, it actually, it's, it's not the case because I'm, I'm doing it just to feel good in my head because I build alone in my room. Yeah. 
And just to see that some people would check my app, it would give me like, oh, this is broken. Oh, this is not good. Oh, I don't get that. Or, oh, congratulations, you know, you got this. The the social part of it makes me feel better. Makes me feel like uh, it's make me feel like building startup. It's fun. Yeah. And that's probably the most, the main reason that I use Twitter now. Because my I, I don't monetize my audience. And, and it's mostly for me being in my head, I'd say. Okay. Oh, makes sense. Makes sense. I, I think there are, there are something about uh, building for yourself instead of building for uh, with interest. Uh, you know, when when I, I start to build an, an audience in in Twitter, it was like seven years ago, something like that, very long, long time ago, and I was doing that pu purely by interest. I was like, uh, yeah, uh -huh. if I have uh, followers, I will be able to share more, and and then I will have more money. So I grow my account to almost uh, 5,000 followers, uh, almost, I reach it with you, but uh, never reached before. And and I saw like, uh, I by growing that that, uh, that way and by doing grow hacking, you know, I was a, a follow and follow people to get following back and stuff like that. I, I did grow numbers, I didn't grow a community. Like I had bigger numbers, but still no, no one was uh, like uh, reading my stuff or commenting my stuff. And and you can see, I think if you compare my numbers to usual people with five thousand followers, I have less um, uh, comments or view or likes because this audience I have grown. It's not a real audience. It's just a number. In fact, yeah. in indie makers, people who are very like uh, I am connect with now, I should it's probably six hundred person max. Uh, I think even less, less than five hundred, on five thousand. And and I've seen that like it was very like getting nowhere. I didn't get any benefit from that. So I I, I just let it fall until back this year when I start back the indie making journey and I start to share. And, and share because I, I was like getting so much value of other people sharing. So I decided to do the same, yeah. but without interest on my uh, startup. Maybe sometimes I have one post where I do a bit interested uh, things like uh, launching on product and something like that. But most of the time, just like because I love where I belong and, and because I, I want to be part of it. And I think that changed a lot on the marketing you do or every action you do. It's like yeah. change the whole purpose. Yeah, it's just a matter of perspective. Yeah, I agree. It's just the way you approach it. Like, uh, I'm not trying to teach you or I'm not trying to sell you. I'm just yeah. to, I'm just doing whatever I'm doing and I'm just sharing it publicly. I, f I have a feeling like it's much more, uh, and it's like you, you it's if you're dating a girl, you're not going to tell her like, you, you know, I have this, I have that, I can help you with this. Like, instead, you just show, oh yeah, I do this and I love that and you smile and and eventually you'll find someone that wants to be with you. And I yeah. think it's a, it's a more, it's a healthier approach that seems to be both for both of us working better. So we're going to put two, two links in the description. One about how to pee, how to get a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> how to emulate your Twitter growth to get a, ah, yeah, yeah. Partner. And that, that one also. Uh, but I, yeah, I totally resonate with that. And I got this uh, discussion a bit when I launched the, um, I had holidays with my girlfriend. Uh, we, we were trying to launch on Product Hunt and it was the first time for her knowing Product Hunt exists. Huh. And also like uh, understanding the techniques you can find on, you know, everywhere on the internet about doing things, uh, launching on Product Hunt. And, and 
for her, she, it was very like looking painful to just like trying to contact people to just sell the product yeah. and page. And I was like, yeah, I think this is not working. It never worked for me. Like contact people and try to create connection with them. And if you have connection at one point, they're going to ask you what you're doing now and you can share. But you has to don't be the point. The point is to be create connection with people and because yeah. you're willing to. And that's lead you to have a network. While if you try to emulate things just because you believe like, oh, if I have a thousand people and likes, it will work. It's not working. Yeah. I think there's a little misconception and we have some kind of rape, the raise of the solopreneur, the raise of the, the indie hackers. This is kind of, I have a feeling this is kind of new. And so, but we're still businesses at some point. At the end, uh, you know, if we don't make money, we don't, we don't, we couldn't do that. So we treat ourselves as businesses where we're marketed as humans. As like a person. And so we, we kind of emulating what a business is doing. I have a feeling it, it doesn't work really well unless you know you're a novel Rubicons and you can tell people what to do because you're novel. <laughs> but if, if you're getting started and telling people how to be productive, telling people, you know, um, how to, how to build startups, how to do marketing, like all those things, um, you could see on Twitter. I have a feeling that doesn't work much because you, you need to have some kind of proof. You need to have some kind of following. Otherwise, until you get there, try more to talk about your own experience, what's working for you, what's not working for you, and then let me decide whether I want to believe you or not. Yeah, like, it's don't try to emulate like, yeah. Don't try to be like a apple.com and tell me that your product is the best. Let me, let me show you if it's working for you. And then later on, if you, you know, you have uh, something big that, and that you're trustable, then you can that's tell. That's something I've also, they have one uh, entrepreneur I like uh, in France is Antoine BM. I don't know if you know about him. Yeah. Um, he's sharing a lot about marketing and always market his business. And, and that's something he shared I really like is the, there are no point of doing your selling page or anything about your project saying it's the best. You can p yeah. share proof of why the product is amazing, but never say it's amazing. You let people judge about it. And even Apple, don't say they made uh, like the best phone in the world. They say they made the best iPhone ever. So that's the, the judgment uh -huh. of what they're doing. But then they show you how it's the best. Like uh, you do the best picture uh, because uh, they did a super beautiful island. <laughs> face, yeah, yeah. Whatever. But they never like uh, share about themselves the feeling they got. Even you can really need, they think it's the best phone. They never say it. They let you judge. And I think that's one of the big difference also with Twitter. You can share what you understand about the topic and try to share your learnings, but people will, in, in the way people will judge it if they agree or not. If you say you have the only true, then people will just reject your true and just like, you know, see a ad, uh, ads from old world, you know, like, uh, uh, I have the image of axe uh, deodorant. Uh, you know, like uh, yeah. put it, and then uh, you have all the uh, all, all the, the women. Yeah, yeah, that's the old way of thinking. I think now it's a bit more. People value more and more trust and 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 relationship than just like uh, be sellable things like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and uh, actually, someone and the person I was supposed to call after just cancelled, so we have a few more minutes. I have another oh. fifteen minutes ahead. Amazing, because okay. I saw the subject was not uh, fin finished, not done. So, so we got fifteen minutes. Oh yeah. 
Great. Um, do you want to continue on that? Or no? I, I, I keep going on my questions. Uh, it's, a, it's your podcast, man. You're, you decide. <laughs> no, it's our podcast, dude. Like we're doing together. <laughs> we co-tweet, we yeah. co-podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, the co-tweet experience was really interesting. <laughs> I have one friend, he sent me like, this is a new feature, no? <laughs> but no one saw this tweet. That's <laughs> very, very weird. Yeah. I, I'm going to put it in the description also if, if people want to learn what is the new feature Twitter is developing. I don't know why I got access to that. I was able yeah. to, to try to do a co-tweet and you almost been not able to accept it. Like it was totally broken, the, the, the app. Maybe Elon Musk had a new ID and he say ship it to production. Yeah, 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 definitely. I, I, but he has this mindset. He is very like, uh, Try and learn, test and learn. Like when yeah. he arrived to, to Twitter, he launched the new pricing in a week. He say like <laughs> to people, we're going to launch in 10, day, 10 days. <laughs> and he's just arrived oh, yeah. in a company. It's like for me, it's, it's even like provocative. You're like not even trying to understand what's happening here before changing everything. It's like, well, I mean, that's the boss. So it makes sense. <laughs> but, but still, a, a bit of understanding of people could have been nice for them. To, to, to see like a bit of care. <laughs> it was like zero yeah. caring. Like I go, I like trash the shit, go buy 70% of the population of Twitter and then we start again. I was like, Whoa. Must have been firing working for Twitter right now. Yeah. Yeah. Some people say it's horrible and some say this is like a, they feel in a startup again. So. Let's see. Uh, for me, I'm not judge. Like, uh, I don't care what Elon Musk is doing. What counts for me is the result. If in two years, Twitter is like better than before, it's shittier than before. Then that's where you can judge. Uh, like, I, same for Usama Amar. In France, he got like very in trouble with his previous uh, startup, the family. And everyone on LinkedIn were judging him. It's like, uh, everyone was a judge. And I was like, what the fuck? No one knows the story. It's like uh, you just saw the first one talking. You're taking party to the him or to the other one. But what the fuck? Like, stop being a judge. Yeah. If you don't want yeah. to be judged either. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Another rap music from Aurel San. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Um, okay, so I think we can finish a bit to talk about uh, what project you have now and what you're working on, um, because I think we 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 talk uh, we we did something great about uh, Twitter already. So what what you're working on right now, mainly? So I'm working on Habits Garden. It's a gamified habit tracker to help you achieve your goals. Uh, so it's a regular habit tracker that using it's using game mechanics like quests. Uh, in-game rewards, challenges to um, make you more motivated to complete your goals. Cool. How did you learn about doing games things? As a as a hardcore player, when I was in university, uh, I played World of Warcraft. And I ah, it wasn't useless. You see? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You can tell your parents. <laughs> <laughs> I was right all the way. <laughs> Um, I have a character on World of Warcraft that had 150 days of play time. Fuck. Fuck. Massive. As much yeah, like it's, it's not playing. like uh, you play each time one day. It's like 24 hours of play x100. Wow. 
Yeah. Dude, it's massive. You had a life. You, are, you, are, you were in the metaverse before it's even uh, a <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah, totally. And uh, so far, it's obviously really good, good memories. And anyway, I, I learned so much from, I mean, yeah, I think I learned so much from that. And um, I also read books. I read a book. Uh, I, I wouldn't remember the name right now, but it's a book to explain why game works. Okay. What are the things in the game, like things like uh, random loot, for instance, not knowing uh, what you're going to loot. The random fact is oh. extremely addictive. Um, yeah, because those you're kind playing of, uh, casino. It's like the same uh, thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Same thing. And uh, so I try to add some of those in the app. Um, I'm trying, basically, I'm trying to make people addicted to their habits. Amazing. It's like the best best goal ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good, a good addiction, yeah. It's hard to, now I'm struggling with getting people to understand it's a game. A lot of people sign up and they just think it's a regular habit tracker, um, probably because the onboarding for the game is not really good. But the people who actually get into the game are extremely productive and get a lot of things done. And I have a, a bunch of like maybe 60 or 50, 50 users who are really, really into it and are getting, getting uh, things done. Yeah, I agree. I got the same feedback. I, I didn't understand much. I, I saw the, the planting three f things and it was a bit of gamification. Yeah. But now when you explain it, I see like it's way more than uh, what I understood. So you definitely have to work uh, yeah. a, a bit on the on, on how to present that to people, like uh, a game of habit or something. You have to put that on the table uh, at one point. Yeah. Totally, yeah. Because unlike your product, CapTime, which is for expert, crafty people, they know what they're going to find in the ad. For me, it's the regular person who just want to, you know, get, get more things done. And um, and yeah. the solution, uh, despite working well, is it's still a bit nerdy. So I need to breach that, that thing. And that's that's why I'm having a, a calendar with uh, 20 call this week, which is, yeah. I've never seen that before. And I get to see users, like I'm, I'm telling users to go on the app, log in and try to use the app and see what they understand, what they don't. And then you just say the game part is complicated. So I need to work on that. Okay. And did you try to to do, um, I don't remember uh, the name of these uh, tools, but you, you know, you can record session of people. Yeah, uh, Hotjar, yeah. Oh yeah, Hotjar, there are many. Did you try that? Yeah, I did. It's yeah, it's actually good. I understand a few things. Um, I, w I just want to push the thing a little bit further yeah. by having people giving me like feedbacks um, the when I'm on the phone yeah. with them. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, that's cool, man. I I really like discover like all oh, you up. Like, more I'm talking with you, and more I'm sell uh, into it. Put the pricing two hundred, please. I will pay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can give you a proper Stripe invoice if you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that probably in 2022 is the things I have more focus on it, trying to learn and understand habits to buy, uh, build some. So I invested most of my personal time on this subject. So definitely that's, uh -huh. that's for me like very valuable if you gamify that, that because I was, I was playing video games like you. I did play a bit of war, uh, but I didn't have enough money, so I played uh, Dofus, which was the French version of war. Yeah, <laughs> a lot. Uh, and I like games. I like games, but I didn't. Now I didn't find purpose of playing games because it's made me lose my time in a way. Like, 
And if I play games to, for my habits, it's like the best hack ever. I, you, you converge two things. I don't have the time for playing games, and now yeah. I will play ga- games for making myself better. So, yeah. Yeah, that's totally the goal here. As a gamer like you, it's, uh, if you, when you gamify things, it becomes a, there's a lot of psychology around it, but, uh, it's, it's really helping you do a lot of things. And actually, the idea would be to gamify startups. I would love to inspire people to build things in a gamified way where you have quests, you know what to do tomorrow. Um, that's cool. You know, you have clear goals. You, you're not in the void where, where you think you're Mark Zuckerberg. Um, is really something I would I would like to do. Yeah, that, that's that's something I have seen. Uh, at one point, it, it was a very cool game. Um, I don't remember where where I've seen that, but it was like a, a kind of a web game where you were playing to try to raise money. So you have to meet investors <laughs> and stuff like that. And then at one point, they give you the valuation of your business, and you have to get the best valuation. So you have to make decision. And I think it was something nice to teach you, like, oh, the VC world work. I think it was made by a VC firm to try to help people understand how VC expectations are. And then uh, you got kind of uh, better at that. And I really believe in this, like, uh, gamification in, in real world, like, make people, like... Oh, that's that's a sentence uh, I saw, uh, I hear not so long ago from Usama. He said, like, when you're a child, the only way of learning is by playing. Like, uh, uh-huh. and, and I, I still believe as an adult, we still do the same. If it's playful, it will be way more easy to learn and to grow than to make it painful. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's like evidence even by saying it. So playful things should be everywhere. Like, we shouldn't be so serious. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you, yeah. I agree. It's it's so funny you say that because uh, I, I I built a site recently called Gamified List, where it's you can search for gamification apps, and uh, and doing that website taught me a lot of uh, I discovered a lot of new gamif- gamification apps, um, oh. and and you can you can find so much man. There's like a let's say you want to drink more water. There is something called Plant Nanny, where every time you drink some water you would input in the app and you would grow a little plant. And if you, if you don't oh. log in, if you don't, um, uh, you know, tell you that you drink water, the plant will slowly uh, fight away and die. You have apps where, uh, you could, you learn words and uh, the, the app will question you. So you would have like a, you would learn new words in your own language. And the more you do it, the more you climb the leaderboard, the more you can give rice to people in Africa. So oh. it's like a charity things. And, uh, I don't know. I think last time I read it, I think they gave like something like two or 20 billion grains of rice to some, um, to some association in Africa. Um, you have gamification for business. You have gamification for classrooms where, uh, students will have, uh, an RPG character and, uh, and they will have to complete quests given by the teacher. And there's so, so much thing, so much way, fun way to do things that are quite boring in life yeah. that you can do with games. And, uh, I found this is amazing. Uh, I totally uh, agree, and that's something I've done with the previous podcast. Also, I've uh, I've tried to make uh, a community with indie makers, where I mean we are three hundred something on Discord, so it's kind of a community. But I also yeah. try to make it like more fun, so I I, I deployed the video games uh, meeting room. Uh, I don't know if you have seen uh-huh. that. Lem, um, the one I deployed was Lemverse from uh, Lemlist, the big uh, company uh, bootstrapped in France. 
Um, and I really enjoy that, to seeing a little characters, uh, something, and maybe uh, we should do that again for solo makers in English now. It'll be more fun. We are yeah. in a nicer community. Yeah, it's so nice, man. I think you said you're from in Weep. I yeah. think they they use uh, some kind of game mechanics as well with, uh, I think, I remember seeing leaderboards, uh, daily activity and stuff. Yeah, the streak. That's what what, what I told you. Oh, yeah. the, the main game mechanic is streak. Like, uh, every day, if you post one task, you got uh, one flame, like uh, 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 Snapchat does, uh, who still works super well in Snapchat. And my little cousin are still doing the flame in Snapchat, while I don't use Snapchat at all anymore. But yeah, uh -huh. for, for example, um, there are three leaderboards and uh, Peter Level is number one on that. He has 1,413 days of streak. Like it's uh, almost four years. So even Peter Level play games. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And he's posting a lot. Every day he posts so much. And uh, I am on the leaderboard now. I am, uh, I am 20 something. Because uh, it's hard since... If you just forget one day, you lose everything. You don't have a way to pause anything. It's a super hardcore game. That's good. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Mark, uh, the, the builder of uh, Weep, is uh, trying to see like if he can change the game. And I give you a, a good idea I think he will maybe implement. is like Since it's a game, uh, usually player can choose the difficulty of the game. So you can say, you know, you can have people in hardcore mode or like that, uh, if oh, you, yeah. you don't come. And you can put easy mode, like each time you don't post a day, just remove one day. But it's just your own count, you know? So it's relative yeah. to you. And people see you with their own counting as well. So yeah. they will see zero, for example, for you, uh, while you have 60 because you put easy for yourself. Uh -huh. What I do for my app is different but similar. It's that you have a little board but per time. So you have the all-time leaderboard where people like you who show up every single day would rank super high. But people who, you know, you've live got bad on track and you, you did something else for a month, you come back to the app, you can still climb the seven-day leaderboard. So instead of being the whole-time leaderboard, it will be just the last seven days. And you have different rankings based on, uh, on uh, based on that oh, time period. Makes sense. That's cool. We should say to Mark, you're not in WIP. Yeah, you have to come, but I don't have an invite anymore. I was thinking to invite you yesterday, but I don't have an invite. The, the, the yearly plan is the price of my monthly recurring revenue. <laughs> but if, <laughs> Let me if, make some if money. you get an invite, it's free. <laughs> no, before oh, it wasn't. Okay. So I invented, invited my girlfriend uh, when we were doing the project uh, in early days. But I think we can. I, I can find uh, yourself uh, uh, an invite. And, uh, and then you can have a try and, and talk about that with Mark. I think you will enjoy it. Oh man, that'll be fun. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we have eight minutes left, right? Yeah. Perfect. So we have talked a bit about other projects from you. That's nice. I think we can we can finish that like that. Um, usually in my previous podcast, I was asking question like a specific question at the end. Maybe I will try that. Let me just go back to my uh, my uh, French uh, template. <laughs> Uh, finishing question. Oh yeah, I have a I have good question. I miss. <laughs> um, wait. So I will do uh, something interesting. People, I will translate them. <laughs> That's a really chill uh, Bali style podcast. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we still have uh, someone who's gonna make the the podcast uh, cut, uh, for example, for that. No, I should put a mark. Oh, you have someone editing the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in France, in French, I was doing that uh, since the day one uh, with someone, and uh, like. Uh, Like keep going and keep going because I don't like to do the editing stuff. So I have someone making everything ready. I just uh -huh. wrote the resume now of an episode. Uh, and even in the French podcast, I was not writing it. I was not even writing the post. I, I had like everyone uh, doing the job after I did the interview. And it was costing me 250 euros by episode. So, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> So what I was doing uh, to pay that, and I was uh, making the people joining the the podcast paying half of it. So okay, <laughs> you have chance now because it's I'm not paying anymore on the new podcast. <laughs> 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 But um, uh, what uh, what I did I do now with the new uh, podcast in English? It's uh, I use Fiverr uh, to to do the same, and in Fiverr. Oh, yeah. uh, I have like people from Pakistan who speak English who can do the cutting, which is amazing. And I, I, I'm so happy. Like I work with this guy. Uh, uh, I say hello to, I forgot his name. I'm bad with uh, Pakistan name, but I'm super happy. Like I think he, he, he has a nice job because I'm, I'm telling him like he has full freedom to do how he wants <laughs> the editings. I don't want to be after him. I want him to be proud of what he's doing. So, and, And I let him all freedom. So I just give him the website of solos. So he has the colors, the, the team, and he asks me what he needs. And uh -huh. he's doing everything himself. And at the end, I'm, I'm just asking him, are you proud of what you've done? Yes or no? And he say yes. And then I post it. I don't, don't check. And, and I will oh, improve man, that. Nice. Yeah. And I will improve that over time with the community. And I will give feedback to him. But I really want that to be simple for me, simple for him, and produce value to everyone. Uh, so that's how I've built the first one. I am doing to do the same. So with that one, but cheaper uh, now. With uh, it's cost me 250 a month, I think something like that, instead of by episode. But it's okay, still costing. Okay. But I invest in that because the, that give me uh, like uh, it's a good excuse to have uh, spend an hour and a half with nice guys, yeah. <laughs> nice people, and uh, I like I like to share uh, that uh, I truly believe that's for my own benefits. That why that's why I switch from French to English because now my community is in English, so I want to be part of this community. Yeah, yeah, uh, which is a bit sad for the people where listening in French and don't like English, but few of them I still uh, did switch from uh, French to English. So I'm very really happy about that. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, that's mainly the, the things now. So, uh, two, four minutes, four minutes. Um, let's say, uh, do you have another project in your mind to do in the future? Yeah, a lot, a lot. What's the next one you're going to build? Uh, a gamified workout app where you grow a little character. Oh, that's cool. Uh, we have... Oh. <laughs> we'll talk after. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> we have to do something about that. <laughs> that's very cool. I like, I like the idea. I, I was, uh, at the beginning, cap time was a bit uh, more than a timer. 
uh, I cut all the feature when it was like not making sense for people. But at the beginning was a social network, CrossFit, too many, so many things. Yeah. But yeah, I need to become better at sport also. So that's something that can touch me better than CrossFit. And uh, yeah, we definitely have to talk about that. Interesting. I can make the app and you ship it to Capacitor. Ah, yeah, yeah, that can be a good deal. <laughs> I definitely will enjoy that because I'm very not fan of designing experience. I, I, I like interaction, like how you interact with the product, but I'm not really into too much, you know. Uh, I make uh, things simple also in that way. And I saw in your product you're, yeah. you're taking a lot of care about the experiences more than I do. Yeah. So definitely. Um, okay. <laughs> Putting a shirt. <laughs> I am because for the next call, <laughs> your next call, you cannot do it. <laughs> ah, come on, dude. You can, you can do it. Uh, one other question. What is the next person, uh, person I should invite in this podcast after, after you? Ah, oh, Dan, Dan Kulkov, uh, the Russian guy I talk about that is, uh, doing some marketing stuff for indie hackers. Okay. I have cool. a lot of ideas actually, but cool. just one. Uh, no, no. Say, say, say some. I will build a list. You have Nico Janet. He's in Bali. He's a guy making AI stuff recently. He ships super fast. I love it. Uh, Lilian, a guy I think from Belgium. I'm not 100 percent ah, yeah, sure. I, I saw him in. Uh, he started following me because of your tweet uh, where we went naked. <laughs> okay, he's super fun. He's kind and uh, he seems like he's doing well. Uh, Stefan Wirth, a guy also, the guy who makes really nice puns. I can, I can send you the, yeah. the hashtag if you want later. Definitely. I was noting to, to, to don't, uh, lose the, this. Okay. Thanks. Perfect, man. Uh, I think it's time for you to go. And the last question <laughs> is usually where we send people who want to learn more about you, but I know the answer is on Twitter, right? Yeah. Twitter will be the best or yeah, Twitter. Okay. Definitely. Uh, so thank you. Thank you a lot. It was amazing. And uh, I hope you got a great, you got a great time with me. Man, it was so cool. It was the friendliest, uh, podcast I think I've ever done. <laughs> I guess the t-shirt, the shirt list helps a lot. <laughs> helps a lot. Yeah. Understood. So, uh, and, uh, for the people listening to the podcast, if you like this episode, please send a message to Mark on Twitter, send him love. That's super important. And send me feedbacks, uh, like what I can do better. It's super important too. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. See you next week. You can say something. Bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice, man. Lo loved it. Loved it.